Welcome to Gracious Words. Gracious Words is taken from the weekly women's Bible study taught by Cheryl Broderson at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California. We behold your glory, God, in the face of Christ. It shows us who you are, revealing who you are. As believers, we don't need greater faith. We just need to know more about the object of our faith, Jesus Christ. The more we know about Jesus, His glory, His goodness, His greatness, His grandeur, the stronger our faith will be. Part two of Cheryl's message titled Introduction to Our Great Faith. They were able to do it laparoscopically because it didn't burst. And man, it improved my grandson's prayer life like you couldn't believe. He knows it's God. He sees the hand of God in, in all of it. Interestingly enough, it was an appendicitis attack that brought my daughter Kristen, his mother, back to Jesus. It was an appendicitis that my father had at the same age, 17, that got his attention from God. I'm not saying you need a burst appendix, (laughs) but I am saying that our faith is great because it never changes. It works for my grandson just as it works for me. It works for anyone who will call upon the name of Jesus Christ. Anyone and everyone who calls upon the name of Jesus Christ shall be saved. Our faith is great because it is evidential and proven. It works. It works. It always works. It always works. When J. Iris' daughter died, And he was on the path to his house with Jesus. And the messenger came and said, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the master any longer. Jesus turned to Jairus and said, have faith. Have faith. Because faith will work. When Peter was about to go through the most trying time of his life, Luke chapter 22, right before the cross, right before Peter's own failure, and denying Jesus. Jesus said to Peter, Satan has asked for you by name that he might sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. You see, faith works in any situation. Trusting God and entrusting to God is always the right thing to do. Striving is the wrong thing. Methodology is the wrong thing. Pride is the wrong thing. Aggression is the wrong thing. Anger is the wrong thing. Frustration is the wrong thing. But the right thing is faith in God. It is to trust God and entrust to God. That is always the right action to take because it's proven. It works every time. As believers... We do not need greater faith, more faith, 
or a different faith. We just need to know more about our faith in Jesus Christ, which is the person of Jesus Christ. The more we know about Jesus, his glory, his goodness, his greatness, his grandeur, the stronger the faith we have that's been instilled with us, that is gone in like a mustard seed, the stronger it will become, the greater it will grow, and the more it will take over our lives and hearts. Without a strong faith, we will be pressed down by every trial. Pressed down. We will be paralyzed by every fear. We will be pushed about by every wind of culture. We won't know what we believe about any given subject. We will be petrified of difficulty. No, I can't do it. It's too difficult. I don't know how I'm going to do it. We will be in opposition to trusting God. I've got to do this myself. I can't just trust this to God. God helps those who trust themselves. No, it's not even the Bible. That's in Satan's almanac. We will be perplexed over everything God does. Lord, why? Lord, why? Lord, why? Lord, why? Why? That's what we'll ask about everything. Why did you allow it? Why did you do this? Why? Why are you telling me this? Why do I have to go to church? Why do I have to do this? We will be asking why about everything. Perplexed. We will be complacent. We will accept the status quo and just leave everything alone. Don't upset the devil. Just, you know, keep him pacified. We won't want to go beyond And we will be purposeless in life, purposeless. It will all be about just surviving, just making it through another day. What we believe, understand, appropriate, and are established in about Jesus will affect the way we think. It will affect our thoughts. We will think bigger thoughts. It will affect what we prioritize what is important to us and what is trivial to us. It will affect the way we live in this world, the how we live, how we live, whether we live victoriously or whether we live oppressed. It will affect the things that we spend our time doing and on. It will affect how we react to hardship and difficulties and exaltations and success. What we know and believe about Jesus Christ. If we believe Jesus is who he is and has done all he said he is, when it comes to hardship, we say, Lord, this is too big for me. You take it. Can't wait to see what you do with this one. I told you the story of Mr. Squiggle. Forgive me if I go there again, but my father once told me it's all right to use the same illustration because he did. Right? And you kind of go, oh, here's Chuck number 342. Love this illustration, right? Or love this Chuck story. So I got Cheryl's stories. But I've told you this before. I used to watch Bozo the Clown. I never liked Bozo. It kind of freaked me out. But I liked Mr. Squiggle. I loved Mr. Squiggle. And Mr. Squiggle will bring out that easel and let the, the angriest child in that audience come up and just mar the canvas. 
And then Mr. Squiggle would look at that squiggle on the canvas and he would pick up the pen and he would begin to just add lines. And when he was finished, you had a work of art. You had like an alligator with baby alligators or you had like a mommy duck with other ducks in a pond. These are actual things that I saw with my own eyes. Or you had Rapunzel, you know, screaming out the tower window with her hair just cascading down. And it was amazing. And you couldn't see where the original squiggle was. You couldn't see where the mar on the canvas had been because Mr. Squiggle had taken it and incorporated it into his work of art. So it looked like it was purposeful and done that way. He just brought his creativity and his talent and his artistry to that canvas and to that squiggle and he made something amazing. You see, when we believe that Jesus is the great artist, when we realize who he is, we will give him the squiggles of life and say, I can't wait to see the work of art that you're creating. I can't wait to see how this weaves into the tapestry of my life. Same thing with difficulties, but also how we react to exaltations. When something happens, your children are saved. You don't go, yes, come to me if you want to know how to parent. What you say is like, it was all God. I was so afraid I was going down, but God was going up. You know, you, you give the glory to God in exaltation. You say it was Jesus and Jesus alone. He did it. Oh, let me tell you what Jesus did. When you have a victory or success, you don't write a book, 10 ways to successful Christian living. No, you say it is Jesus, Jesus by the power, by the glory and for the glory of God. He did this. He did it when I couldn't do it. He did it even when my faith was weak. He still worked and did this wondrous thing because he is God. It will change the influence that we have on others. When I lived in Vista, this woman came to Vista and she said, do you notice that all the women in Vista kind of talk like you and they all dress like you and you all have the same purse? I never realized I was a woman of influence until that moment. I was like, we all talk, maybe I talk like Ben. They're not necessarily talking like me, but we all, we all started talking alike and I became an influence. You know, when we love Jesus, when we believe Jesus, we influence others in faith. They're like, I want that faith. I have a friend, actually it's Kathy Gilbert, who just breaks into spontaneous prayer all the time. You're like, oh, we're praying. She just does it. I mean, it doesn't matter like a difficulty, a hardship. She just breaks into spontaneous prayer. And I have found myself under the influence of Kathy breaking into spontaneous prayer. This is the right course of action in any situation, break into spontaneous prayer because we're going to roll it onto Jesus. Oh, don't we want to be a person of influence? I've told you this story. So this is repeat story day. But my friend Nancy Sylvester has this addendum at the end of all of her prayers. And it's this, come and get yourself glory. So she was driving, she lives in England, in Northern England. She was driving one day, she had her, her three 
oldest children were all young at the time. They were in the back seat and she got pulled over because she was speeding. If you know how Nancy drives, this is not a surprise, but she gets pulled over. And as the police officer or Bobby is walking towards her car, her kids in unison say, oh Lord, come and get yourself glory. Now that's an influence. That's an influence. You know, sometimes I hear my children talking just like me. It's, it's crazy. Of course, they go, oh no, I'm acting like mom. In fact, one of them gave me a card and said, at some point in everyone's life, they find themselves quoting their mother. I love that card. I framed it. But I want to be an influence and influence others to faith. Believe God's got this covered. He's got this covered. It affects those around us. We have an effect. I think about when Mary took the alabaster box and broke it out and the fragrance, we're told, filled the house. Everybody was affected by the fragrance of Mary's worship. We will have an effect on others. You know what? You are having an effect on others. All of you are having an effect on others. What is that effect? Are you instilling fear in others? Because fear is contagious. Or are you instilling faith in others? Are you instilling a spirit of competition? Oh, you think you did that good? Have you seen mine? Are you instilling intimidation? It's like, I know that there are some people that you spend time with and you go away going, I really need to update my wardrobe. Or I have so many lines on my face. Or, wow, my house really needs decorating or... You know, the after effect, the fruit of spending time with people. Oh, that we might affect people so that they leave our presence and they say, Jesus is real. I'm going to trust and interest, or I can't wait to give this to Jesus. I want to have that kind of effect. And it affects what we leave and in it, what we leave to as an inheritance to our children. It is what we leave with our children. What are they going to remember about us? What is the legacy that, that we're going to give our children? My children know there's no money. It's faith. But all oh, faith is much more precious than gold that perishes. As we study Hebrews together, we are going to realize together, that Jesus is so much more than what we ever realized before. He is so much more. He is more than what we ever reckoned with. As Elizabeth Elliot used to say, God does not give advice or suggestions. He speaks the word and there is no other option. He is so much more than what we regarded him as. Remember the disciples? They wake him up and say, Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? They just want him to help them bail water. But what does Jesus do? He gets up, he stands up in this rocking boat and says, all right, that's enough. Wind be still. And the storm ceases. 
And the disciples look at each other and say, even the wind and the waves obey him. He is so much more than you've regarded him. You know he's savior, but he is more. He is more. He is stronger. He is greater. He is grander in person. He is greater in power. He is more glorious in prestige than you ever imagined or considered him to be. When we get to heaven, I think we're going to go, the hath has not been told this side the golden sea. And I can't remember the rest, but my dad used to sing that. We are going to say, oh my, you are so much greater, grander, and more glorious than I ever knew. But I had a glimpse because I went to joyful life in the study of Hebrews. Just saying, just saying. As our faith is strengthened in the person of Jesus, it will be activated. It will be activated. And this this is where we'll see it activated. To seek the will of God, to want the will of God, to desire the will of God, to find the will of God, to obey the will of God, to work in or cooperate with the will of God, and to be excited and passionate for the will of God. It will revolutionize the way we run the race. But what I mean by this is it will change the course we run. It will change the speed we run out. It will change the times we run. We'll want to run all the time. It will change our attitude toward the run. And it will change the companions that we run with. And it will change the disposition of the race itself. It will bring the extraordinary into the ordinary as it did the heroes of faith we read about in Hebrews chapter 11. To this end, we, as a Joyful Life Bible study, which is actually you too, so invite yourself to persevere in the study of Hebrews. Come as often as you can. There is no condemnation in this study. If you miss a week, you can still come back. If you miss two weeks, come back. But this time you have to bring a friend. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Come, come, come if you've done all your homework. Come if you've only answered three questions. Come if you haven't done any of your homework. But as they're opening up, just read the chapter really quick and go, yes, I've, I've read the chapter. Do that. Utilize your leaders and assistant leaders in your group. If you have a question, call them. If they're unavailable, call the church office and ask for a pastor. In fact, let's make this test the pastor time. (laughs) Consider doing your homework with a friend, your spouse, your son or daughter, maybe some other women in your group or a neighbor or all by yourself. You can do it anyway. Come and discuss your discoveries because God is going to have treasures for you insights, beautiful things. Let me say there's, we, we keep the questions open-ended. So there's not like, I don't want you to think, well, what did Cheryl want me to answer? Or what did Jasmine have in mind when they wrote this question? Don't do that. It's what is the spirit of the Lord putting on your heart? What is the treasure that God is showing you? And come to discuss your discoveries as you study about Jesus, as you talk about Jesus, as you hear about Jesus working in the lives of others in the group. 
And as you see him working in the word of God, you will be strengthened in your faith. Where do you go to strengthen your muscles, right? You go to the gym. So think of this as the holy gym. Come together to strengthen those faith muscles. Meet with women who are also growing in faith, just like you. Think of this as a divine aerobics class. I didn't say those bicycle spin classes because when I did it once and I strapped my feet in, I fell on the bars, on the bar, because there was only one bar in the front of it. Why did that hurt? Anyway, I want you to know, I could not tighten mine. I had a broken bike, it wouldn't tighten. So I just went as fast as I could and stayed seated and never stood because when I stood, that's when I fell over. So I came in number 15 in a class of 40, but that's because I cheated. Okay, come and cheat here at Joyful Life now. Come strengthen your muscles. Meet with women that are growing in faith, just like you. And come and submit your difficulties in prayer that and trust and entrust to God in prayer that you might watch God move and see the answers to your prayer and thus be strengthened in prayer and give your testimony, your faith-strengthening testimony to others that they might be strengthened in faith. Come into the sanctuary to worship the Lord because this is not like a, worship is not busy work, okay? It's not optional. You need to come in here and proclaim what God is doing and who God is. You see, worship is the opportunity to make the truths that we know go into the sinew of our muscles. That's what we do. And you know, it's interesting how much a song will come back to you in a trial. Have you ever had that? I remember a trial with, a, with one of my children when they were in prodigal lifestyle. And the song that would come to me is, Our God saves. Our God saves. And when it would become the darkest place and all hope seems lost, the Holy Spirit would prompt my heart and I would sing, Our God saves. And every time I would come to church and they would sing, Our God saves, man, my hands would go up. And I'm like, Our God saves. And he did. And he did. We need to proclaim the truth, the truth of our faith. And that's what worship is. Don't reduce it to singing or pre-study activity or busy work. But I want you to see it as a time to declare who Jesus is to your heart and to your mind and express to him directly what you know him to be. Then hear the study of the word because you know what it does? It puts us all on the same page. God brings clarity, insight, prophetic word because he's God. Not because I'm speaking, but because he'll choose a donkey if he needs to, to speak to. I am that donkey. And it will take your understanding and these truths to the next level. And it will bring a unity of the spirit as we grow together. God desires to strengthen our faith and make it even stronger than half dome. Even stronger. 
stronger than a mountain of granite, that these little things aren't going to move us anymore because we know whom we have believed in and we are persuaded that he is able to keep that which we have entrusted to him even to that day. Oh, that God might, through this study of Hebrews, make us women of faith, women who believe our God, who entrust and trust our God so that the world is turned right side up by faith. As you gain a greater understanding of your great Savior and what is true about Jesus, your faith will be strengthened. As our faith is strengthened in the person of Jesus, it will be activated and put into motion for the things of God. Our hearts will become hungry for the will of God, praying about it, seeking it, and desiring God's will in our lives as we obey it. As we cooperate with the will of God for our lives, it will stir up a passion and zeal for the Lord that will take us deeper into the person of Jesus Christ and the faith that He gives. We hope you have been blessed by today's Bible study. For more information about the Gracious Words radio program and the teaching ministry of Cheryl Broderson, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. Coming up next time on the Gracious Words program, we'll look at why we need our faith strengthened as we continue our series, Our Great Faith, in the book of Hebrews with Cheryl Broderson. We do hope you make plans to join us. Again, for more information, please visit our website at graciouswords.com. This program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.